Hey, it's Puneet and this is Galata. To all the regular listeners, I know it's been a while since I've published an episode. I've been occupied with a few projects, but now I'm getting back to the grind of shipping episodes because every week that I've shipped an episode, I've felt amazingly thrilled and accomplished and I want that feeling back. So we'll be getting back to the grind and this is a three-part solo episode where I will be walking you through in one shot the essence of my social experiments, the embarrassing fuck-ups, and even the magical moments that have resulted from networking. So this three-part episode is a distillation of everything over the years that I have experimented, explored, and experienced while I have networked with thousands and thousands of people in person. In this episode... We're going to discuss how to find and make it to rooms that are filled with potential clients or your target audience. The three powerful weapons you need in your social kit before you go to the next event. How to create a visiting card that actually converts. Three time-tested strategies to live by as a networker. How to tap into a socialite mode even before you enter an event. And so much more. The three time-tested strategies to live by as a networker. Initiating. You got to be the initiator in an event or anywhere that you are. Initiating could be as simple as a hi. How are you? Walking up to somebody or a group and saying hi. How are you? Or it could be just somebody standing beside you in a line for an event. Or somebody standing by the door just saying, hi, how are you? When you initiate a conversation, you start from a very powerful place. Because you get to decide the vibe of the conversation. You also get to decide where you can take the conversation forward. And initiating helps in so many different levels. We're going to be talking about it throughout the three episodes why you need to initiate conversations no matter where you are. So initiate anytime, anywhere and with anyone. Genuine curiosity. It really helps to be genuinely curious about people because when you initiate, when you go beyond hi, how are you? And you are genuinely curious, people are really interested to talk about one topic above everything else and it is themselves and when you're genuinely curious you give them the opportunity and the space to talk about themselves and what they have been busy making happen and that is why when you're at a networking event being genuinely curious helps here are a few ways you can get started by being genuinely curious by asking open-ended questions instead of asking things like what do you do you could rephrase it to even better open-ended questions like i do An open-ended question that I use a lot is, how do you spend your time? Or what did you do over the weekend? These are very open-ended questions that people are not used to. They're used to, what do you do? Or if you're in a college setup, then what are you studying? Which batch? Which course? Which stream? None of that. 
all of that can come later when you're getting to know each other better, when you're getting to know the group better. When you're starting out, start with genuine curiosity to understand what is this person like? Have a few open-ended questions really here. The second bit about being genuinely curious is about really listening to what the people are saying. And one thing that I've really used and seen a difference is I listen to men differently than I listen to women. When I'm listening to men, I'm usually as still as a male. I nod at times when I am agreeing to them and at times I say, right, yes, correct. Why? Because men don't like to be interrupted. They like to be heard out. Contrast that with when I'm speaking with a woman. It could be in a group where there are multiple individuals and I would quickly switch in between this listening style. When it's a woman, I nod, I interrupt with, ah, I understand. I get you. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Intriguing. Fascinating. Uh-huh. Hmm. Oh, these don't happen this quickly. However, these are interruptions that are very natural when women speak with other women. So it helps to be aware when you're listening to men to be like a male and when you're listening to women to be like a bobbing bobbing head. The kind of bobbing head you get in Chumbak where you're nodding, you're agreeing, you're doing sounds. Mm-hmm, uh-huh, oh, okay. Mm. Observe people around you and you will notice that this is how usually men and women interact with each other. The third way to be genuinely curious is to have healthy debates. Now, understand something. Healthy debates are not really linked with topics like sex, religion, and politics. These could be things other than them. And it really helps to build a rapport with somebody you've just met if you have a very polarizing standpoint. Now, I would reserve this for you after you've met at least 100, 200 people and are comfortable meeting with strangers and interacting with them. But if you are a networker already, then taking polar opposite sides really sparks the rapport like nothing else does. You want to be respectful, honorable and polite throughout. However, you can have a very healthy debate and build a really deep connection with the stranger by having a completely different take or a perspective to what they're saying, or even agreeing fully to the perspective that they are sharing with you. You could strongly agree with them or strongly disagree with them and then end the conversation with agreeing to disagreeing. However, through it all, it helps you build a very deep connection. The third strategy is really about situational awareness. This has been a very important needle mover for me. When you're situationally aware, initiate micro things that everybody else in the room notices if a piece of paper has fallen down you need to pick it up and keep it back in the place or if you notice in an event that the chairs have maxed out you go to the organizer and quickly tell them hey can we get and find a way to accommodate everybody else who's standing in the venue or it could just be somebody that is just standing by themselves and you notice them that they are not included and you go up to them and include them into a circle, into a group or just into a conversation with your own self. These are all where you're situationally very aware of what's happening around you. This really helps you to gain a complete sense of the environment that you're in. And when you have the sense of environment you're in, you can always navigate around to meet somebody specific. It could be a VVIP, it could be a celebrity, it could be a potential client. When you're situationally aware, you can navigate a really smooth way to them. Now, the three powerful weapons that you can keep in your social kit. Before I get to them, a quick caution. I hope you've got your grooming game aligned and in 
place. If you're a man, your shoes must be polished, your belt and your shoes must match in terms of the leather and the look and the finish. You need to dress formally or if you're in the startup space, smart casuals really help. These are all grooming basics, including being well-trimmed, having your haircut that works for your face. If you have spectacles, then having a spectacle shape that works with you overall. Get the opinion of at least three or four women of how the style works for you. And if you can, take them out for shopping because they understand style and trends and fashion and you. And if you're a woman, I would suggest to skip the heels. Instead, wear flats or sneakers or footwear that's comfortable for you to stand in for at least an hour or two because you will be standing and walking around a lot in a networking event. Other than that, most women that I have met have their style and fashion and grooming in place. It's usually the men that I come across that need support. Coming to the three powerful weapons that you can use in your social kit, one would be five to six variations of introductions that you can use to give to different people. Why? Because giving a custom introduction to people is really important. It makes you stand out instantly from everybody else who just introduces themselves as, oh, I am building this startup or I am a chartered accountant or I am a doctor. And suddenly you come across where you are customizing your introduction based on who the person is makes a huge difference. Now, what does it mean? When you initiate a conversation, you get to ask first, what does the other person do? Like, how do you spend your time? And invariably, they end up telling you the work that they do with their time. Once you understand the work they do, it helps to craft your introduction so they can relate to it instantly. For example, if you were to meet me at a networking event and you're building a fintech company, which is trying to solve an interesting problem, I would introduce myself and Galata as a platform that actually has featured so many fintech founders already. And I would point you to maybe the episode of Nikhil Kamath that we did, which went across the place. And that instantly creates a very different rapport, not only for you, because you understand what I'm doing instantly, but also with me, because I get my target audience right there. If you're a student, find ways to introduce your course in interesting ways. There will always be different facets of your course that you can introduce yourself with. It could be a particular subject that you're really passionate about, or the internship that you're about to do, or it could also be project or summer project that you're really excited about find ways and multiple introductions it helps to sit down and write five different ways to introduce yourselves let's say to a chartered accountant a startup founder an angel investor and a potential target audience list down five individuals or five types of professions that you will maybe meet and try to customize your introduction for them two Breath mints. I can't tell you how important breath mints are at a networking event. When I was in my 10th standard, I was volunteering where we would organize seminars over the weekends and I would meet five to 600 individuals. And one thing that the seminar organizer, Rafiullah Beg, would tell us would be to eat orbit after lunch because our mouths would smell. And when you are interacting with people, the proximity is really less. You're very close to them. If it's a loud space, you're literally having your mouth almost touching their ears to be heard. And in that proximity, you want to make sure that you smell good. So always carry breath mints with you. 
before a networking event and always make sure you have them after you have food, especially if you're eating onions. Third, you got to have a visiting card. Yes, it may sound old school, especially when I see most networkers just pop out their phone and show a QR code on LinkedIn or WhatsApp. Having a visiting card makes you stand out and having a visiting card that converts is profitable. Now, a few things that I have noticed as best practices for visiting cards are these. One, you got to have your face on the visiting card. Why? Because most people remember faces and they forget names. And having your face on the visiting cards help people recall. While we are at the face, make sure you have a professionally clicked headshot when you can afford one. And when you can afford one, I would ask you to look up Peter Hurley, linked in the show notes, of how he does headshots to make people look confident and approachable. I think that is the sweet spot you got to target. But again, once you can afford it. For now, get the best friend of yours who has a good quality phone and take the nice formal picture of yours with a smile and use that in your visiting card. So one, make sure you have your face on the visiting card. Have a QR code on the visiting card, which becomes a call to action. This is a day and age where you don't need to share your email, your number and your addresses. Instead, have a QR code on your visiting card, which goes to either your website or to the WhatsApp business account that we spoke about in the past solo episode linked in the show description or to Blink app, B-L-I-N-Q-A-P-P, where you can list down everything and any individual can just scan it and save all your contact details, email, number, socials at one tap. So be smart. You don't need to list down what is not required. Have a QR code, have your photo and have your name in place. And yes, this is where you get to convert. Because when you're going to hand out visiting cards, you want them to convert. You want the individuals to reach back to you and start a conversation. This is where a call to action helps. Just a QR code is not a strong enough call to action. You need to give a reason for people to do that. And and you do that by having a promise on the card. Now, I have at times used multiple cards because I knew the kind of audience I'll find in a networking event and I've had multiple promises. You can decide what promise your startup or you can make. If you are an architect, can you reduce the cost of a building by 30% or can you increase the life of a structure by 30 years by having the best practices being implemented in a project? If you are a podcaster like me, can you recommend a very specific episode to individuals that are in your target audience? If you know there are fintech founders who are going to be there in the networking event, they're going to be NGO founders and they're going to be VCs, then you can have three episodes linked in three different set of cards and they can hand them out specifically to these individuals. Now you're getting more specific. You're getting more personal. And this makes it more fun because people like it when you are able to personalize it for them. And it leads to higher conversions for you. So make sure you have your photo. Make sure you have a QR code that is linked to WhatsApp business or Blink app or to your website or even to a landing page if you're smart to build one and to run one. And also make sure you have a call to action. While we are at the visiting card, a nice way to have an icebreaker is to have a title, which is, whoa, what is that? 
sort of a title. Instead of just having co-founder or CEO, come up with a creative title. Like I had on my visiting card, I am a professional listener. And people would ask me again and again, what does this mean? How do you do this? How do you make this work? <laughs> and that became like an icebreaker when I would hand out a visiting card. You could create your own title that actually is relevant to what you do, but is also tacky enough, quirky enough to make people stop and ask, hey, what is this? Please tell me more about it. Another way to stand out while you're networking. Let's talk about tapping into the socialite mode even before you've entered the event. A few things that are part of my system, which is pre-event, is one, taking a shower. You do not want to directly go from your work or your college to an event. It really helps to take a shower and change clothes because it refreshes you and it also makes the overall system that I'm going to talk about very practical for you. I always make sure I take a shower before I go to a networking event or to multiple events lined up in the evening. To have a social playlist. What's a social playlist? It is filled with songs that help you calm down and bring you to a party vibe. You want to have the party vibe because you're going to be initiating, you're going to be interacting with people, you're going to be the first mover with the social awareness. You're going to be talking to hundreds of people. You need high energy and high energy is really one of the reasons why people anywhere are attracted to you. They want, they are curious about what's sticking with you. Why are you so excited? And that is why it helps to have a playlist. I always have multiple playlists depending on what kind of a social event I'm going to. For a networking event, I have a very specific playlist where I listen to songs on my way to the event because it helps me get into the groove of high energy, party vibe, somebody that's just making things happen sort of a vibe. You want to create that for yourself before you enter an event. Another bit is about setting an intent. When I was in college, every day I would set an intent of interacting with three new people. And I did that for three years. It could be as small interaction as a five-second interaction with a new security guard or even just like a two-minute interaction with the juice wala that I'm getting my juice and sandwich from. Or it could be meeting another friend or making a new friend in a new batch. It could be any interaction, but three new people a day was what I had committed to when I was in my college undergraduate days. And I ended up meeting thousands of people. In my phone, there were like 20,000 people. Because once you start meeting two or three people, their common friends come in and the group increases. And then you end up meeting them somewhere else. And they have friends of friends and friends of friends of friends. So it keeps expanding. So you want to set an intent when you go to an event. For me, it's always been about what kind of an individual I want to meet. It's usually about meeting an interesting person or meeting somebody who's very accomplished. Or it could be about meeting a next potential guest. For you, it could be about meeting the next client for you or meeting an, a potential investor in the event. Think of an intent before you go into an event. When you are going to an event, when you're riding or when you are taking your own vehicle or you're taking the public transport, it helps to blabber. Blabber whatever you're seeing. Like if you're seeing a car move, talk about how fast the car is moving. You're seeing a board, mention the board when you're blabbering. Hey, that's a very interesting board. Reads devious auto parts. When you move ahead, oh my god, the weather is so interesting. The clouds are moving really nice. Keep blabbering. Why? Because it helps you to talk, talk, talk. <laughs> if you're not used to talking or if you're just sitting in front of a system the whole day or locked up in a classroom, it really helps to just talk, to blabber your way to an event. You could just do it for 5 to 10 minutes. It will get you talking. One thing that I have replaced it now instead of blabbering is 
singing classical Carnatic music. I sing my way <laughs> to an event. I know it's going to take a commute of 30 minutes, 45 minutes. So I put my lessons, my Carnatic music lessons, and I sing while I'm riding my two-wheeler. And I sing loud. So people in the traffic can actually hear me and they turn around and look at me. And at times they wave, they give a thumbs up and they ask, what are you doing? And I say, I'm singing, just practicing for a concert or something. And I just move on. But I'm actually singing for 30, 45 minutes. And then when I go to an event, I'm already pumped and charged and my voice is tuned. So you want to do something like that for yourself. Another bit in my system is to always carry a what's that accessory. It really helps break ice when somebody else wants to initiate a conversation and they don't know how to do it. Having an accessory that makes people stop and go, hey, what is that? It could be a label pin. Like for a long time, I had a label pin of Toastmasters and people would stop randomly and ask me, hey, what is that? I would be able to tell them about my Toastmasters club and how old we are and how we are the largest in the country and how interesting things we have been doing for 25 years. So create a label pin or have a stole that is from Kashmir or have a jacket that's very different. Anything that would make somebody stop and say, hey, what is that? If you have a startup, get a label pin done, which is very minimalistic, yet has a pop in it or it has a quirkiness in it or get a stole or get a t-shirt which has a print of your company along with something else, not just the logo on a blank t-shirt. You want to make it a little extra that makes people curious. You just don't want somebody to ask, hey, what is this do? Which is what usually happens when you have just the logo. You want people to get a sense of what is the company about. Bring that culture or that vibe on the t-shirt. Have a quirky t-shirt if it's a podcast like Galata. Find ways to stand out in these accessories. Something that would make somebody stop and say, hey, what is that? And if you're like me, have an eye for it. Look when you're networking out there who has a nice what's it and go and find something similar or make something similar for your own self. When you are shopping out there, go to Mela's, go to flea markets and find these interesting accessories that will make people stop and ask you, hey, what is that? For a long time, I had a wristband that was made of a rope, which was the strongest rope in the world that could take 500 kgs of weight. And I had knotted it into a really interesting wristband that I'd learned from YouTube. And I'd wear it in my right hand and people ask me, hey, what is that? And I would tell them about it, how it's used in trekkings and how there's a whistle in it, there's a blade in it, I can create fire out of it. And this would be a really interesting conversation starter. So you want to wear conversation starters. These are the things that professional networkers do all the time. One last aside while we are at it, make sure you have your meals before you go to an event. It really helps when you're at a networking event to speak to people with your hands free and your tummy full. Because then you're not focused on the food, you're just focused on the people. Even if you're going to weddings, make sure you have your meal at least 80% or 70% of your appetite before you go to the event. You can always network with people and then at the end of the event, grab a bite. But while you're interacting with people, you want to make sure your hands are free. There is no meal required. There's no need for food. And you're able to interact with people for one, two, three hours at a stretch without a break. It helps, especially when you're networking in multiple events lined up or you're interacting with really fascinating, important individuals in a single room, which we're going to talk about in a moment, how to get into the right room and maximize it. When you're out there to maximize your interactions, you want to make sure you have your meal before you enter the room. Now, how do you get 
into the right room filled with your target audience or filled with your potential customers. There are multiple ways to locate events. A few things I've realized is as an outsider, you can find events that you can get into. But as an insider in certain circles, you will always be aware of events that are not listed anywhere outside. These are events that are listed maybe in a tiny WhatsApp group or in a secluded forum somewhere on the internet that nobody has an idea about, but these happen every time. So you want to make sure you start from the periphery of your target audience and slowly come to the heart of it and become an insider. And here's where the peripheral events are. Most of the events that I find interesting, which happen in Bangalore, I discover them by just typing events in Bangalore on Google. Google has this feature where it is able to tabulate events across different websites into a single listicle. So you want to just go to Google and type events in Bangalore if you're a Bangalorean or if you're in your city, just search it and see which event comes up. Then you're able to select multiple events from it. Usually another place that I go to, which at times lists on Google, but at times it doesn't, is meetup.com. If you haven't heard of meetup.com, please look it up, download the app and look at the meetups that are happening in your city. If you're not having any physical meetups yet in your city, look at the online meetups that have been organized and use the same principles online. A few other places I look at is also Book My Show, Events High. Book My Show is all paid events, so I rarely go to them. I predominantly look at free events or events that have a bank for buck and are not meant for entertainment first. They're meant for business first, or they're meant for networking, or they are a mixer, things like that. Another interesting place that I found to be a goldmine for networking is Unstop, which was daretocompete.com before. These are college fests and events, business plan events that happen in different colleges across the country. Throughout my MBA, I used it to visit over 44 colleges across eight states. Now, if you have a lot of colleges in your area, then it helps to keep a tab using unstop.com to see which colleges are having what events and finding a way to get to these events because a lot of high-profile, rare-air, hard-to-get guests show up here for free and you get to have a one-on-one with them. A lot of my Galata guests have been from places like that. You also want to go on Instagram because a lot of micro-events and small mixers and meetups are just stories on a few pages. They don't even show up in a listicle. So you want to make sure you follow the active organizations in your area. In Bangalore, I particularly follow places like Ichai, Draper, Startup House, because these places have events on a consistent basis. Look for venues in your surroundings that have events on a continuous basis. Startup Saturdays, or it could be Meetup Mondays, could be Mixers on Thursdays. Keep your eyes and ears open and look for the venues around your area or in your city where a lot of these events happen on a continuous basis. Follow them on social media. If they have a newsletter, get on their newsletter and keep your eyes open and stay in alignment with them. Another thing to do is once you find an event that is aligned with your audience and you or somewhere close to it or at the peripheral of your requirement, when you meet somebody that's relevant to you or is a potential audience or is a customer for you, a prospective client, Ask them where they're going to next so you can understand where individuals like this hang out. Or it could be just an open-end question of, hey, what's happening this week? What is exciting this week? What's around the corner that you are excited about? 
or even how does your weekend look like so you understand where they spend their time or even what what plans do you have so all of these are really good open-ended questions to ask individuals that you're meeting already at events to gauge where are they going next where they are hanging out what events are they excited about and a lot of times what I have found is that a lot of events that they mention are really not listed and most of the others have no idea about it. So it helps to discover events from people, from the insiders. How do you choose events and the right room? It's trial and error that I have found. At times I've gone to events that are completely unrelated to what I do and what I'm looking for and I've found interesting, relevant people there. And at times I've gone to events that are like shebang on spot relevant for me from their marketing materials and when I show up I'm like oh god (laughs) I don't belong here at all so you got to do a trial and error what I have understood is ask yourself will your target audience be there does this event interest you is it going to be fun if any of them is true then please go please put in the time the effort and the energy required to show up and what to do once you show up how to show up what is it going to be when The event is done. How do you follow up and how do you build relationships that last? We're going to discuss it in the subsequent two episodes. So stay tuned for that. Now, before we wrap up this episode, I want to do a quick walkthrough of how this looks like. Because it may feel overwhelming to you because initially it did to me while I was scripting it. So a quick walkthrough will really help you understand how I have used it. I always look up all the events possible in this week in Bangalore and I save them on Google like I told you events in Bangalore and you can save them events on Facebook and you can click interested and I just list them up and I'm aware of them once I'm aware of these events I dig a little deeper and decide on the events that I want to go to once the day comes I make sure after work because my work isn't fixed like 9 to 5 or 9 to 4 if yours is I would suggest you to come back home or to your dorm or to your room and then take a shower because I always take a shower, get fresh, make sure my grooming is on point, my dressing is professional. Even if I'm going to start up event, I make sure I dress professionally. A lot of people have told me, complimented me and at, at times even asked me, hey, are you going for an interview or what's what's this? And I'm, I've always told them I dress professionally whenever I'm out because I end up meeting CEOs, CXOs, founders, influential people, left, right and center. I do not know when I'm going to meet them, so I'm always ready. So I make sure I wear formal clothes. I make sure I carry my breath mints. They're always there in my two-wheelers dicky and in my back. I always have a backup visiting card stash in my dicky and in my back. And in my card holder, I always keep a professional card holder that matches my wallet, my belt and my shoes. <laughs> it makes it all look elegant, guys and girls. That's about it. So after I make sure I have my breath mint, I have my cards, I'm professionally dressed. I make sure my phone is fully charged and I have my Bluetooth earphones on. And then when I'm going to the venue, as I start the vehicle, I set an intent of how I want the event to be. If I want to meet a few potential guests, if I want to meet sponsors, if I want to meet just five, six interesting people, I set an intent. I put my Bluetooth headset on and the helmet on and then I either have my social playlist that I listen to or I play the Carnatic music and I practice them as I'm driving to the venue. And a lot of times these venues are new for me. So I make sure I have the Google map also on for navigation. When I reach the venue, I always make sure that I park at the end of the venue. Why? Because at times I may be walking somebody back to their car or to their bike. 
and I'm interacting with them and I don't want to stop at my vehicle. I want to stop at their vehicle. So always make sure I park at a distance inside the venue. If it's a parking lot at the extreme end of the parking lot or if it's outside, then making sure it's a little away about 30 to 40 steps away from the venue. So I have that buffer space in between to interact and meet somebody and to walk with them. Now, this is all pre-event. What happens during the event and especially after the event will be discussed in the next two solo episodes. So please stay tuned for that. And until then, go implement these and make some galata. Galata.